name is Gary Bontrager, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Mindset Growth Podcast. I am very excited to have this next guest on. He is no stranger to those of you that have watched this podcast before. You've been able to enjoy his wisdom and insights, and it is really a pleasure to have him back on. Typically, we go into and we'll have some rapid fire questions and some introductions. We're not going to do that today because this is somebody you're likely familiar with. If you're not, please go back, like and subscribe our YouTube channels, our Spotify, and find our friend Ray Gage and listen to or watch those prior episodes. You'll learn a lot about his background in those episodes, and that'll kind of set the stage for where he's at today and what we're going to talk about. So with that introduction, Ray Gage, welcome to Mindset Growth Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Is this the fourth time? Third time at least. I think you were involved and we did least. kind of a little mini shoot thing. Uh was about an okay. event we did. So a uh, couple of things, and I know we're just going to dialogue uh, it, it, through this process a little bit, and I'm going to ask some questions, and then we're going to go through scenarios and things. Um, one thing that has been really interesting for, I think, the audience uh, would would probably be helpful to set the stage in this is that you and I both have an insurance background. And the reason I mention that is we've been so fortunate to have the opportunity to work with so many different business owners. And I feel like that was an invaluable experience outside of the fact of owning and running my own business is watching how others did it. And there's so many aspects of that, how they maybe interacted with employees and brought them in, how they did mergers, how they did acquisitions, how they led their team, uh, how the companies behaved that grew, how the ones that, you know, conducted themselves that just stayed status quo or eventually, you know, scaled back. Uh, there's so many things that we had an opportunity to have a front row seat to that have been so beneficial for what we do today with helping businesses grow and develop as leaders. Um, so today I want you to talk a little bit about some of the leadership myths, as there are a lot of people out there who talk about leadership, but uh, there isn't a lot of conversation about what is, what it isn't, or the misconceptions that people have about leadership. I'm going to let you talk about that a little bit. Okay. So, you know, there's uh, so many people out there that call themselves a leadership coach or, you know, they, that they put on they leadership courses and they teach leadership and they talk about, you know, what leadership is, but there's very few that talk about what leadership isn't. And, and obviously, you know, we talk about what leadership is as well, but I, but I, think it's important for us to kind of focus some on what those myths are, right? What those things are that people that are that people don't talk about when it comes to leadership because it it, it kind of frames the conversation differently and it helps people think about it from a different perspective and maybe realize something about themselves that they didn't realize before, especially if it's some somebody who who just thinks, well, I can't be a leader, right? I don't know what to do. I've been to all these seminars. I've done, they they obviously are believing a myth. Right. About that. So I think it's good to have that conversation. So that's why that that's a perspective that I I'm taking with the introduction to the course is talking about some of those myths. And then also in the book that I'm writing in the first chapter, since you mentioned, you know, the first chapter of your book, that's one of the things that I cover in there is is some of the myths around what effective leadership looks like or who can become a leader and those types of things. Right. Why don't you just jump right in there on some of those myths and take them? I mean, I, we've got a list here that we want to work through, but it's your material okay. and not mine. So I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you some questions as you go through it, but. Sure. So the first one I could, we'll call myth number one is you're either, you are either born a leader or you're not born a leader. And that is a myth. So every one of us is born with the same innate capacity to be a leader. It's your experiences and your perception of those experiences determine both your personality and the type of leader that you might be or become. 
So because your, you know, your personality is based on those experiences. So then it, it just follows that your leadership style would be determined in the same way. Right. I mean, where they talk about there's depending on what book you read, there's anywhere from like 11 to 16 different leadership styles. And I think that we get too caught up in the minutia of those things when, when we read about them. So the key thing to remember when it comes to this myth is that anyone with a desire to learn can learn to be a more effective leader. Right. And I would even take, take that a step further in the fact that if you're a human being, you should be willing to learn. If you want a wholesome and productive yeah. life, learning is <laughs> part of the process. So I, uh, I will agree with that. I've, I so often, I remember as a young person, just early in the career uh, of, of insurance, for example, there was a lot I didn't know. So you have to learn a lot of product knowledge and things like that. But then even the leadership side of it, uh, I I have totally come to endorse what your, what your thought process is that, you know, leaders are really more or less created. They're not born is some kind of paraphrasing or uh, cutting up your, Mm -hmm. how you presented that, but it's, it's none of us know how to walk when we're born, but most Mm -hmm. of us learn to walk. Mm-hmm. And it's really and, the same principle. And it doesn't take discipline to learn to walk either. No, no. Right? It, it just it's takes desire. Yeah, it takes desire. What, uh, if you've got somebody that's listening to this and they are struggling, let's say, with trying to get their mind around, they want to advance in their career or they're, you know, at an entry level position and they're trying to figure out what they need to do to maybe learn to be a leader, what are some tips and some advice you would give them? Well, I think that what gets lost in the conversation is, is most of us and most of the, of our audience and most of the people that we talk to, they either, they work in a smaller company. So, or they work in a team. Even if they work in a big company, they don't interact with everyone in that company. They only interact with the team. And, from a leadership perspective, as far as becoming better at leadership, that the the concept that I teach is that it's an inside job, right? Yes. So your ability to lead others is, is directly related to your capacity to, to lead yourself. So, and from that perspective, it really boils down to relationships. So if you want to get better at leadership, get better at relationships, if you want to get better at relationships, start with your relationship to yourself. That's powerful. That is so powerful. I, uh, I think so often a lot of the struggles now we can go off. You just, what you said there, we can take that so many places right now. We could create three podcasts out of that. Right. If you're going to be successful in life, I don't care what it is. You have to start with loving yourself. And I know from past experience or experiences I get into even to this day, it's the folks that love themselves that reach, you know, the highest levels of their success. And those who struggle with that Mm -hmm. are the ones that are are holding themselves back. But that's an incredible statement. If there's any takeaways from this that's worth it right now, I mean, that's a mic drop. But folks listening to this, love yourself. (laughs) and respect yourself and how you cultivate that relationship uh, with being honest, seeing things for what they really are. It's life-changing. It's great stuff. Another myth that you uh, talk about quite a bit is the myth that leadership is a position. Yes. So when I hear people refer to a leadership position, it kind of makes my skin crawl, right? And the reason is because you do not become a leader by becoming elected, appointed, promoted, or creating a position. So president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, board member 
are not leadership positions, right? So right. C blank O. So CFO, CEO, CIO, CTO, CHRO, all those CO blank O's in a company, those are not leadership positions. In senator, representative, uh, general, right? Supreme Court justice, preacher, bishop, rabbi, lieutenant, sergeant, those are not leadership positions. Even father, mother, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, those are not leadership positions. Those are positions of authority. And in that position of authority, a person is placed. Whether or not it was voluntary or, or doesn't matter, right? But the leadership effectiveness of the person in the position determines whether or not it becomes a leadership position or just a position of authority. That is excellent. So what we find a lot in in companies that that are taught, and and you know that this, this is just what they're taught, right? Is that you have you have to train that you have leadership positions, you know? So we have a leadership meeting, and then it involves everybody that's in this position, and things don't go the way that we expect them to or that we hope them to and we think and we start pointing fingers at the at the person that's in that position and this we'll talk about this when we get probably when we get to one of the other myths but the the reason for that is is because you placed a person who hadn't learned yet how to be an effective leader in a position of authority and all you ended up with is someone in a position of authority Right. And sometimes when that happens, I've heard, well, we'll, we'll give him that position and I guess we'll see how it goes. And how does that usually work out in it, our experience? Most cases it doesn't. <laughs> if they have that, if they have that approach. And at that, at that point, that company certainly needs to have a path to develop leaders to fill those positions effectively. Uh, that's the thing I see. It doesn't mean that they put the, and then they view it like they're putting the wrong person in the position. And I will probably challenge mm -hmm. the company. They have a very high responsibility to set somebody up to fail in life that may absolutely change the course of their life negatively that they may live with for the rest of their life because they chose not to take the right method in setting up that process of development. They set that Absolutely. person up for fail. So that's interesting. I think it's also something that, uh, you know, you've heard the terms, I'm sure. Dad tells son, it's, well, do it because I told you so. Again, it's not effective leadership. It's not good for relationships long term when you do those things. So I, that's one thing that excites me as I look through your material for the book that you're writing and the workbook that you've got is how you've got those steps in place to teach people how to become leaders and how to function as a leader in those management positions. And I think that's going to be huge uh, for folks to read through that and get a deeper understanding from really a perspective we don't see much. Uh, there's a lot of leadership books all over the place. They're flooded. You know, I mean, they're everywhere mm -hmm. in the market, but to come from that perspective, um, another myth. I mean, do you have anything you want to add on that one? No, you actually kind of just segued into the next one. I did. So number three, <laughs> I like your myths. Number three, uh, what I say determines my leadership effectiveness. Go ahead, right. Nate. And you were just talking about the father who tells his son, right? Yes. How to do something. So when it comes right down to it now, what you say is important as a leader. I'm not discounting that part of it. Right. So don't think that I'm saying that what you say isn't important, but it doesn't determine. It's not the primary factor in determining, determining the effectiveness of a leader. The determining factor from a purely technical perspective is, is, is what you do is not what you say, it's what you do. And if you, we, and we already talked about this before too, but leadership starts with, with who you are and how effective you are as a leader of your own life. Right. right. 
that determines your level of effectiveness as a leader. And people model the behavior of those that they trust. Right. So if what you say and what you do are not aligned, people are more likely to do what you do than what you say. And if any of us need proof of that, just think about children, right? So you're, if, if you're raising kids and you tell your kids to do something and what you tell them to do is different than your behavior, they're more likely to act like you than they are to do what you said. And then you as a parent, if that happens, shouldn't be upset with the child. You should be looking at what am I, how am I modeling the behavior? But this right. is what I'm talking about when I say what I say determines my leadership effectiveness is a myth. Right. What I do is more important in determining my effectiveness as a leader. Right. The thing that come to mind, and I don't remember the exact percentage, I just know it's in the low teens, but we talk about communication a lot with the clients that we work with. And one of the things that I believe a lot of folks look at is that when they are talking, they're communicating. But it's in the low teens is actually the percentage that verbal communication happens verbally. So even though you and I are having a conversation and this has happened and it has happened in, you know, through teams and other meetings where we're just seeing each other on a camera, we can see each other and we're still communicating totally non-verbally and can pick up if the other person is upset, excited, you know, or even, even when we're on the phone, you can hear it in their tone of voice uh, pitch of voice. Uh, there's so much communication that happens beyond the words they say. Otherwise, everything would be black and white and there would be no need to show any emotion or have any emojis or GIFs or anything else that we've got out there. So it's huge on how much difference that can make. I'm, I'm smiling because of something that you just said as we talk about in myth number five. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not leading you down the wrong path on all of this here. So, Oh no, it's perfect. It's been, it's perfect. <laughs> we're going to go through, well, we'll keep working our way through the myths and then we're going to do some overview things on that. Uh, the fourth myth is my effectiveness at what I do means that I can lead others that do the same tasks at which I excel. Walk us through right. that one a little bit. So it, it's probably not to be confusing. But the It, it, it kind of goes along with what you said, but what, what you talked about earlier is that a lot of times what happens from a business perspective is what somebody is really, really good at what they're doing. Right. Right. And so a position becomes available for a, for, for that department. So the managers of the company or the leaders of the company will look at who does the job really well right. in that department and think that because they do that job really well, that they'll be able to manage others who do that job, the same job. Right. Right. And that's a myth because if they, if they've never had leadership training, they might be able to do the job for that department better than anyone else that does the job in that department. But that doesn't mean that they can lead the people doing the job. So when we think about what happens in businesses is, is at the end of the day, people don't quit companies. They quit managers. Right. And these are statistics that are out there. I mean, this isn't stuff that Ray's right. making up or Gary's making up. Right. I mean, there's a lot of statistics and data that back up this that back that up, that people don't quit companies, they quit managers. On the flip side of it, most managers are promoted to management position because they excelled at the task, right? Yes. So they were, that the task was critical to the effectiveness of their department, they excelled at it, so they were promoted had nothing to do with their effectiveness at leading, at leading others. Right. So most managers that fail do so because they were never given any leadership training or development opportunities. Right. That's so interesting because here's another thing that we run into. And you had just mentioned earlier in this podcast that we deal a lot with small business. And that's, that is a fact. 
Uh, I'm sure you've seen this. I've seen this even going back to our insurance careers. We'd have a young man come in or woman and they would start a business. And two years later, their accounting's a mess. The bidding process is a mess. The company's suffering. They're struggling how to maintain things financially. You maybe had the best plumber in town. You know, he was great at, you know, whatever it is that he, whatever service he provided. But there was no process that taught him the business side of this. And what happened was instead of being a full-time plumber, he now became a part-time plumber at best. And he's doing a job he has no experience in or she. And they have no experience in it. And now they're trying to function and their finances are a wreck. Everything's frustrating. They're not enjoying it. And the piece that gets overlooked so often, and I don't think there's anything wrong with any young person or older person going out on their own and starting a business. In fact, I, I encourage uh -huh. it. We see it all the time. We help right. people do it all the time. The problem is what the piece that gets missed is why does one business owner excel over another business owner in the exact same industry so often when or why can they be two competitors in a town and one can be wildly successful and the other one struggles you know there's a lot of pieces that go into that um maybe talk about that just a little bit because i know it's something we address all the time right so what we have found and then we meaning you and i right and right? in, in a lot of our and our other coaches as well in conversations that we have with with people and just watching how this happens because back to your opening remarks about all the businesses that you and i have worked with in in so many different industries over uh, so many different sizes over so many years and we see that over and over and over and if you until you actually kind of take a step back and try to figure out you know what is it that makes that one different that they're able to excel in the same business in the same town as somebody else who's struggling and what it's what it seems to boil down to every time is some combination of personal growth and leadership development and those two can go together obviously right so the those kind of end up being the you know we like to use the iceberg analogy yes where you know what, what you see if you if you copy everything that somebody does and expect to be as successful as they are and it doesn't happen it's not because of what you could see it's because of what you couldn't and what you couldn't see is probably that personal growth leadership development aspect of things because those are not things that you can measure by themselves the only way they're measured is by the things that you see Absolutely. So if you if you're not seeing that in your business, then start looking under the hood, start looking under the surface and figure out, OK, where are we maybe where do we have gaps in those areas? Well, I'm going to I'm going to add to that just a little bit before we get to the fifth myth. And the reason is simply this, uh, the iceberg that Ray is talking about, so many of these uh, folks that we, we come in behind them. Uh, we work, you know, around this environment all the time. We'll come in and they build their entire program off of systems and processes to run and operate a business. Their programs often are six month and they come in and put all these pieces in place. They tell you which meeting to have on Monday morning, who needs to be there, which meeting to have on Wednesday morning, who needs to be there, which meeting to have on Friday morning, who needs to be there? So it's just a copy and paste for all the steps. But it comes back to Ray's point exactly. We've seen businesses who have grown, you know, three, four hundred percent in a year. And for 10 years prior, they couldn't grow at all. But something changed, and that was where they invested in themselves. And they can have another competitor down the street that's just doing great but they can't even get moving hardly. And it's all what happens in that 80%. So if you're listening to this, systems and processes and meetings, for the most part, need to happen. 
not always as often as what we we say they do, but you got to have a baseline. <laughs> there needs to be structure. There needs to be organization. But I will say this, and I'm sure you support it, Ray. You can never grow an organization past your own leadership ability. We have to change it as a person in order to get a different result. And that's an inside job. And I'm stealing just mm -hmm. a little bit from you right there, but I know we're going to get back to that. <laughs> Anything you want to add to that or you want to jump to myth number five? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's 100% accurate. And I think that the way we like to say it is you have to have those things, right? You have to right. have that 20% or you don't have a business. Right. Right. And otherwise you have a really expensive hobby. So you got to have those things. But if you want to have a business that's fulfilling, that allows you an opportunity to scale, that allows you to fulfill your why, your purpose and your mission in life, then you have to focus on those other things. Well, the interesting part with that too is we've seen cases where we've done it and others have done it. There may be an instant growth to a certain level but then it caps out because there's only so much the systems and processes will do. And then those companies sit there and they spin and cycle trying to get this growth and they just cannot get the growth because it's, it's, they're missing what the target they're shooting at. So that's a big, that's a big piece of it that we often get involved in and why we put so much effort and work into personal development and leadership development. We want to thank Gary Bontrager Consulting for being a sponsor on the Mindset Growth Podcast. There's a variety of services they offer. They have human resources for one. They have a sales program. They also work with the financials, whether you need to help set up your QuickBooks or go with a high-level person that can help you do benchmarking, budgeting, and the likewise. They also do a lot of leadership training, whether you are the business owner, manager, or are just leaders in departments. They can tailor those packages for you. Reach out to them for a free consult and they will see what your needs are and offer different opportunities for you to put in motion to take your business to the next level. They have been successful over the past few years in helping organizations not only grow, but grow as much as two, three, and 400% in a 12-month period. Certainly, they understand it takes a strong foundation and there are years where there may be no growth leading up to this as they put the right pieces in place. Reach out to them at www.garybontrager.com. You can reach out to them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter and get the free advice that they offer and that may be just what you need to set you on a different path to lead you forward and be successful in your business and your life. We appreciate them supporting us. Myth number five, there are good leaders and there are bad leaders. I like this one so much. <laughs> do you? I do. I've been looking forward to asking you to walk through this one. <laughs> Well, then I guess I'll be curious to see if the perspective that I have is the same as the one you're thinking that I have. <laughs> so, well, lay it on us. Yeah, so I I feel like we have a tendency a lot of times, and, and for a lot of us, it, it has to do with the way that we were raised, um, not just maybe the religious system that we were raised in, but the society that we live in. We have a tendency so often to think of things as as right or wrong yes or good or bad right and and then that's counterproductive in a way because that if you start thinking as as right or wrong then right or wrong turns into good or evil and that's really not helpful for anyone right at, at the end of the day i mean there there are certain things that are wrong like thou shalt not kill that's right or wrong right right Every, there's a lot of other things that we put in a category of right or wrong, and really what we should be doing is, is we should be measuring them by whether or not they were effective. So it's an yes. effectiveness scale. Right. Was this was it ineffective? Was it effective? Or you know was it really effective? So you know it's we're not talking about you know universal laws like gravity or morality here. Right. right? We're talking about leadership. Right. So 
and and other things as well. So what happens is then if we when we go to right wrong, good bad, good evil, then it's black or white. And black and white thinking doesn't usually get you very far in right. life. If you're if you're one of those black and white thinkers, God bless you, right? But that's not going to get you very far. That's a fixed mindset. Right. So black and white is a fixed mindset. That doesn't mean that oh, you know, we're not talking about gray areas when it comes to issues of morality. We're talking right. about data. You know, we're talking about business, right? right? Business is a game that you play while while you're living your life. Right. So, and leadership is kind of the same way. So, if we start thinking of it as a was it effective or was it not effective, and that can be different, right? So, something that's really effective for you might be completely ineffective for me. Absolutely. That doesn't mean it was right for you and wrong for me or vice versa. It just means it wasn't effective for me and it was for you. Right. Right. So if we think of it that way, then it, thinking it from a leadership perspective, when I say myth, there are good leaders and there are bad leaders. There's people who thought that Hitler was an amazing leader. Right. Right. There's people who I mean, if you even bring it up to the modern day, and I don't want to throw politics into it, but I mean, even if you think of our, our more recent presidents, right? Right. There's certain people that think they're amazing leaders and other people that think that they're just terrible leaders. And then the next one, it flips. Right. Right. So that's really what what will happen, though, is is history will be the measure of their effectiveness. Exactly. Right? So I think that. So that's what I mean when I say it's a myth that there are good leaders and there are bad leaders. Well, and I would even take it to another step. What kind of tools are they given or allowed? What's the parameters in which they're mm -hmm. allowed to work in? And mm -hmm. you brought up uh, a couple of things. One that struck me very much was the fact that you talked about what may work for you will not work for me. And so now we're back to what we talked about, I think, in myth number one about the position and just because we decide to put a different person in this position, if we want the incoming person to replicate and expand on what the prior person did, it most times will not work if they try to follow the same blueprint. We can see it in sports for sure all the time. You'll have a new mm -hmm. head coach change and he clears out the entire locker room and it's, you know, players change uh, support staff changes. Uh, sometimes front office staff needs to change. Uh, they they will come in and implement their entire program. And we can start naming sports teams. And it's very interesting how they can have levels of success at one organization with a total different coaching staff. But again, it comes back to the style of leadership that's even above them. And so what usually happens, though, and I use that analogy, and the reason I use it, I want you as a listener to understand that the people who own these franchises are also giving a lot of autonomy to allow the personality of the leadership style for the new coach coming in play out and allowing him to have a chance at showcasing his style. And he may turn right around and have just as great a winning record with a total different way of going about it but if you start to handcuff and handicap your employees it's a certain uh, recipe for disaster any thoughts on that anything you want to add to that no and i mean it's absolutely right i think that sports analogy is a good one and then uh, you kind of tied it all together so i want to ask you did i go where you thought i was going to go with that yeah yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> it's uh what my mind immediately goes it's not it's it's more probably about the training and the freedom you give and the tools that that person's mm -hmm. allowed to work with. Um uh, it's no different in small business, most of them. I mean, you can ask most bankers, they're going to say most small businesses fail because they don't have enough operating capital or cash. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's just a way we can measure it because it's, you know, that comes down to, you know, you can start looking at financial reports and things like that. The piece that most people, when I see miss in leadership is the human capital side. And they're mm -hmm. usually handicapping themselves from a human capital point of view, and they're not giving enough 
cash, so to speak, to let that person work in their dynamics or with their dynamics of how they can, you know, flourish and be successful. So it's really, I guess I use that analogy and I like to use it because I think so often we think of, you know, we know what our expenses are for the month. We've got to have X amount of cash flow. Uh, we like to have a reserve because certain things are going to happen, you know, at certain times of the year, taxes and what have you. But they take no regard on the human side of that. And right. if you have a mission statement for a company, and if you don't, you better call us immediately. But if you have one, it will likely involve <laughs> providing products and services to people to improve their life in some way, shape, or form. It'll usually revolve around that because without serving a client, there's not much business less left to do. If that's the case, you've got to learn how to manage your human capital because that's where you're going to build equity and that's where that's where it really happens and where the actions happen. The most successful people know how to manage their human capital probably better than they know how to manage their financial capital. Yep, I agree with that 100%. Actually had a conversation with a, a business owner about that today, actually earlier today. So, it, so many businesses they they spend it's easy to have a maintenance program for right. your equipment, right? It's right. easy to make sure that your equipment stays running because your equipment, if your equipment's not running, then your people are just standing around. Right. But what if your equipment is running perfectly and there's no people standing around? Right. So we spend so much time. It's just like, oh, and you need to think of it like that, right? And so what does a maintenance program for your people look like? Right. How are you nurturing them? How are you making sure that they're running to their optimal effectiveness? Right. And it so yeah, I agree. That's a, a hundred percent. I think yeah. business owners would do well for themselves or do better for themselves if they started to think about it from that perspective. And you know, there's there's that whole equity that you build. And when I talk about equity, I just want to give folks a quick snapshot. There are times and cases where there can be injuries, there can be family issues, different things can happen where a business owner needs to step away for a bit. If he has allowed the leaders to be leaders and he's built that human equity, he doesn't need to show up every day. In fact, it's necessary because what he needs to focus on is building a, a position for himself where he's working on the business and not in it, which is a total another uh that's another philosophy you will hear from gbc a lot uh, with clients we work with is working on it not in it and it creates when you're in it it creates uh situations of nearsightedness um i share this i was dealing with a personal issue recently and you know even you ray said well it's hard to see because you're too close you know, I knew that, but I needed to hear that again to understand I need to take advice from somebody that's a little more removed from the situation. And those are just, it's the same way in the business. We cannot be effective in making great business decisions or even probably understanding who the leaders are that need to be promoted in our company if we're working so closely that we can't step back and get an aerial view of their talent and uh, what, what they really are are good at what their strengths are. Um, right. There are many people who have influence over others, but they are not good leaders. I want you to uh, explain or clarify that statement a bit. So everyone at the end of the day is leading something. Right. But even if you're only leading your own life, right. You're a leader even if that is only leading your own life. So your effectiveness is measured by your impact. Right. So when you, when you look at that, and that could be just yourself. I mean, maybe you don't really want to be thought of as a leader to other people, but if you're effective at leading your own life, you're leading other people because there's people that want to be like you. So right. they want to, you're modeling that behavior again. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm explaining that statement exactly. So you tell me if I went off 
went off the rails a little bit there. No, it's exactly that. It's the case. Uh, I like to go into companies and a lot of times I dress the newest or the youngest employee and talk about that because even as the youngest person, they can have influence over other people. And if we really want to define leadership, it's just influence over other people. The title has nothing to do with it. It's strictly the influence. So right. if and the, you can influence you can influence people for effectively or ineffectively. Exactly. So you can take a 18-year-old kid in a factory can influence a 30-year veteran by just being upbeat, happy, doing his job, you know, showing up on time, staying late, emptying the trash, doing those things mm -hmm. with a great attitude. He may be displaying more leadership than the person that's been there 30 years hating his life. And those are right. the things I always challenge young folks to pay attention to because they really don't know who's watching. Right. And so when I when you said explain that statement, I realized that we were using the word good in there and probably shouldn't have because I don't like to use the word good or bad when we or right or wrong when right. we talk about leadership. So that basically what I would say is, and, and you and I have heard this before, and I'm not saying that this that this is an incorrect statement, that leadership boils down to influence, right? Leadership is about influence. Your effectiveness is uh, as a leader is dependent upon how effective you are at influencing others. 100%. So, right. So you have, I think you have to take that a step further. Farther yes. because just saying it's about influence is 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 almost too broad, right? right? So because then you have to take it to the effectiveness scale. It's it's totally so. in relation to your level or your capacity of influence is really where the leadership comes right. in at. That's what's going to take you all yeah. the way to the top with all of that. So right. Um, one other statement that I want to ask you about here is if you're consistently trying to fix the same problem, you're trying to fix the wrong problem. With you working with leaders, I'd like a little perspective or context <laughs> on that, that statement. Right. So that's a, that's a statement that I made that I make to people because I've seen it over and over in in my career not just in the in the businesses that i've worked with and even in the businesses that i owned and operated that if i was constantly trying to fix the same problem then i wasn't trying to fix the right problem there's another problem that needed to be fixed or i wouldn't have to keep continually trying to fix the same problem so like for example if you're a leader in a company and you struggle with turnover and you look at a, a competitor down the street that doesn't, that's in your same business, then you're trying to fix the wrong problem if you're trying to fix your turnover problem. Right. Because if, if so, so what you have to look at is, is what is the cause, right? We, we have a tendency and, and unfortunately, I mean, we could get into a whole nother conversation about, about how medicine works, right? But so much of medicine is, is treating the symptom. Right. And so we do the same thing in businesses as we see a symptom and we try to fix the symptom. And then the symptom just keeps coming back, keeps popping up. And it's because we're not fixing the problem. Right. We're, we think we're fixing the problem, but we're only fixing the symptom. So we have to try to figure out, OK, it's going to take a little bit more digging. It's going to take a little bit more diagnostic work. We're going to have to run some more tests. And we're going to have to determine what is actually causing this to happen and then work to fix that. So that's what I mean when I say that if you're constantly trying to fix the same problem, you're trying to fix the wrong problem. Agree with you completely. It's just a statement I wanted you to talk about a little bit just to trigger some thought, because mm -hmm. I think some of those things that we're talking about are really diagnostic tools for people to use to figure out where they're at. Um, I'm going to spin off into a couple different things here because I want to get to your book and I definitely want to have you talk about that a little bit so that uh, people listening to this can get excited about what you've got that you've, that you have coming to release. Um, but I would say this leadership is a relationship. It's a relationship based. 
And uh, if you want to get better at leadership, you need to get better at relationships. And you talked about you, you need to start with that relationship with yourself. And I just read that or I talk about that because I want folks listening to this to understand uh, really where the heart of all of this comes from for you and what has motivated and driven you to develop not only a uh, not only to write a book, but also to develop an entire leadership program that, you know, pe that people sign up for. You take them through it. We have other coaches that take that take uh, folks through that program as well. Um so give us a little bit about the book, though, and some of the driving factors behind it, what people can expect. Well, I think that I did it backwards, right? So I got to say that first. So a lot of times people will write a book and then they'll develop a you know, program from the book. And so it, I developed the program first and then I was like, oh, man, I probably should be writing a book to go with this program. And when I talk about it, I get excited because I'm excited about it, not just because it's mine, right? It's easy to get excited about something that's yours. Right. And if you're passionate about it, that passion will come through. But I've, I've actually been able to utilize this program with other people. So we, you know, we're taking, taking some individuals through it, individual business owners through it. We're taking the company through it. We're getting ready to start taking another company through it. And the, the, the feedback and the impact that it is having on people's lives when they look at that start with your relationship with yourself. If you want to be better at being a leader, you have to be better at leading yourself. And that's the scriptural concept, right, that right. we throw into it. Like Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So it's okay to love myself because if I – I can't love my neighbor any better than I can love myself. Right. So it's not from, it's not selfish to love right. yourself. Now it can be right. Because that's all based on your motivation. Right. But if, if you want to be able to show up better for other people, you have to figure out how to show up better for yourself. Right. So, so, so this is, it's really, it's, I, you know, I, I call, you know, I've got the workbook here, right? So it's right. called Leading from the Inside is the name of the course. I don't know that that's going to be the name of the book, right? right? So the name of the book may be, but it's going to be along those lines. It's it's the same concept, though. So right. I, I it's an inside job. So it's like the answers that I'm looking for are not out here somewhere, right? right. They're not out in the ether, right? They're the answers that I'm looking for in here, right? So it's helping people figure out how to tap into or untap right. that potential that they have, right. right? Because that potential that they have is in them. It's not out here somewhere. But we have a tendency to think, I got to go out here and I got to gather all this right. stuff and then I'm going to figure it out and find the answer. Well, it, this is more about finding the answer in yourself, finding what is it that what I'm really good at this. I can be really good at this. I just need somebody to believe in me and that somebody is me. Right. And sometimes it's just, Hey, I'm writing the book from that perspective. I wrote the course from that perspective. So if you want to get better at your relationship with yourself and therefore get better at your relationship with others, then please, by all means, come here. Right. Well, I think that's interesting. You have just, I mean, we run on the same parallel of what we talk about all the time, but you and I both, which is ironic how, how that's all come together, but we really talk about taking care of yourself. And it, it doesn't matter if it's on a personal level, you cannot have personal relationships. You're not going to have better business relationships in every aspect of your life. You're, nothing is going to be better than how you take care of yourself. And I think so often uh, that happens in so many different levels. You know, we, we can physically exercise and we go out and we run a marathon. We do, a, you know, whatever, whatever event we want to do, we physically do all those things. And I think where we see the difference show up is what happens mentally. Because most people have physical ability to some degree, but it's the mental side of it where it all changes and that's the piece that we so often overlook and we don't take care of 
You know, even if her body's ill physically, we can address that problem, but we don't address what's happening in our head. And so uh, leadership's the same way, personal development's the same way. Uh, one of the things I know in your leadership book is there's a lot of ex or, or the course you're going through. There's a lot of exercises and things that you put people through to challenge and exercise mentally how they think, because if they don't change their perspectives and exercise mentally, they're not going to increase their ability to lead. And I do a lot of the same things on a personal side with the personal development. There's exercises we use to go through to exercise uh -huh. our mind and to build that strength. So this has been a wonderful podcast. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to throw in there on closing remarks, Ray? You know, I, I don't really think I have a whole lot of anything, just that I would just encourage you, if you're in a position, anybody that's listening is in a position where they think, you know what, I want to learn how to become better at being a leader. I don't care where you're at in your journey. You could be just starting your journey, or you could be 30 years into your journey. If that thought has crossed your mind, you will get something from this program. Right. The reviews on that program have absolutely been incredible. We've got people that have spent many, many times more. And those are from courses from very popular worldwide names. And they have given us reviews of this being more effective than the ones they've gone through. So I will recommend <laughs> this program to anyone. And I would also tell folks, listen, go out on our social media. You can find us on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, under Gary Bontrager Consulting. You can also find us out on those platforms with Mindset Growth Podcast. But more importantly, find Ray Gage. He is a coach and a uh, partner of mine. And find Ray, find myself on our own personal platforms. We put a lot of content out there as well. He's going to keep the information coming about the materials and the things that he has going and find us also as well on Spotify, YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, share those with your friends. If you have questions on topics and things that you want us to talk about on a podcast, please drop those in the notes and we will discuss those and let you know when those are coming. With that, I want to thank you for joining us on Mindset Growth Podcast. Mm -hmm.